0: What is Tiger thinking right now as he's listening to this podcast? And Tiger, you've got myself, call if you wish, but he's a little miffed. He's a little befuddled because one thing Tiger's not used to is being on the outside looking in. It's got to be kind of weird for him not to be the most powerful person in golf anymore.
1: I got thoughts in my head, can't get them out. Trying not to think what I'm thinking about. I got thoughts in my head, can't get them out. Trying not
2: to think what I'm thinking about Hello, this is Alan Shipnuck, back from another Fire Drill
0: podcast with Michael Bamberger. A year ago on this occasion, we were at Brookline. Yes, we were a three-headed monster then. (laughs) Well, we have a live
2: studio audience. We're in front of um, some sort of drunken beer hall. They're getting rowdy up here, and um, we've got the Hollywood Hills behind us. We've got
0: glorious Southern California sunshine. Like They don't even do get rowdy at Dodger games. How can they get rowdy on the Tuesday of a U.S. Open <laughs> I don't at L.A. Country Club? <laughs> okay, I exaggerated slightly. I'm prone to hyperbole, Michael, but uh, we're here. What do we, we are you? here. How This great is, is a delight. <laughs> Whoever came up with the concept of the west coast open knew what he or she or they were talking about it it's the best it was your friend sandy tatum i believe no because hogan played in 148 lest we forget (laughs) yeah at riviera we all know that alan you're you lived in these parts for a long time you went to college over the hill here at ucla (laughs) right over here um you know the riviera course well you know this course uh, to some degree do you? Have you been here before? I have, yeah. I played if, you, it. if you were the czar of the USGA, you could only pick one golf course to hold a, a National Open, Riviera or LA North, which would it be and why? Excellent
2: question. I mean, I would say LA North because I'm not a huge fan of having the majors at courses that already host a tour event. It's not as special. I mm-hmm. mean, we know Riv intimately. It has its own history through the LA Open. You know the PGA, the Elkington one was kind of weird, and nobody turned out for it, and the greens were wonky. Like everyone's Riviera is special for what it is, but this is a grander stage. I mean, I love Riviera as a golf course, but it's a very tight little bandbox. And you come out here, just the scale of the U.S. Open is incredible. I mean, we were talking about this off mic, but like Oak Hill was tremendous, and it felt like a big ballpark. It, when you're around the clubhouse and you got out to other holes and it just felt like, you know, it could have been a tour event on some level. You get here and it's just the build out and the energy and the crowd. And this is a cool setting. I mean, you got the buildings of, you can see century city. You've got, you've got Beverly Hills, you've got Hollywood. Like I driving up here. I felt it like I was on Santa Monica Boulevard, partly as you said, you know, I, I went to school at UCLA and this, this is a, I don't spend a lot of time in LA anymore, but when I get here, it's like, Oh, this is cool. But. Like, wow, I'm going to make a left turn, and I'm going to be at the U.S. Open, even though uh, I'm right in the heart of Los Angeles. So there's this is a really cool spectacle.
0: Hey, it's well This is the third major being played in the city limits so far this year. Augusta's in Augusta, and uh, Oak Hill's in Rochester. And here, I think it's, you know what, as I say that, I think it's not correct. I think it's in Pittsburgh. But here we are in Los Angeles itself, which is absolutely Astounding! I mean, there were for those who don't know, there are 36 holes here. It's as Alan was indicating, it's a big piece of property. It would be worth billions and billions of dollars if it could somehow be developed. I learned this only recently that geologists come to this golf course. To study what Los Angeles, Los Angeles was like a thousand years ago, <laughs> before it got all paved over. Well, I mean, the Lago Tar pits are just down the road. I mean, um, so
2: yeah, that that doesn't shock me. But yeah, nothing. Everything else is every other inch of Los Angeles has been built out. And, right. Um, not only is it thirty-six holes, but like just that that double green at nine and eighteen plus the first tee, like. It reminds me of like Kingston Heath or some other places where you get in that first tee box and it just feels big. Yeah. And and there's just this expanse and it's
0: just all golf and it's super cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, this has been said by others, but I have to say, I thought this when I first came here for the first time a few years ago, whatever your notion of a U.S. Open course was, this doesn't fill it. It's there's no U.S. Open course, you know. Chambers Bay would probably be the closest <laughs> thing uh, uh, to this. It's yep. spectacular. It's beautiful. It's really, really a special golf course. We were just talking with Gil Hans, who, who redid this George Thomas course, and yeah, you know, I wasn't joking. I said it's like Pine Valley meets Augusta National, but yeah, it's not a tree line golf course. It puts I don't think it puts really that much for premium and driving it straight. The players are saying that's not the case. Um, I trust you. Uh, thank you, Alan. But, but <laughs> Regardless, <laughs> it's a spectacular setting. Yeah, for a U.S. Open and a thrill but, to be but, here. I mean, are are any courses tree lined anymore? No. <laughs> no. So <laughs> Oakmont, La- Oakland, you know, Oak Hill was a little bit, but not really tree lined. Yeah.
2: No. I mean, no. I agree. There was a template back in you know, when I, my first U.S. Open was was Oakmont, and they've they've lost ten thousand trees there. Like, right. That was claustrophobic right. and tight. Right. And there was a lot Even of courses like foot that in the fill year. Yeah. So it was still pretty claustrophobic. Totally. So. The whole, the whole palette of golf has changed a little bit. And this, this is, is a a part of that, but par will be a good score here. Like it's definitely going to be tough. And everyone's seen the videos of the ball just picking into the rough. But when you're walking around out there, I mean, there's parts where it's patchy. Like if you look the grass we're standing on, you're going to be able to play out of it. I mean, it's very hit or miss. I'm not, I'm not a grass guy, but it feels like it's more of a lottery in this rough. You might get a good
0: lie. You might not. And that to me, I kind of like that it's, it's in the lap of the gods, um, so I think. Well, some, I mean, what are you saying? Are you saying two eighty is going to win or play off? I mean, it's got a chance. Well, I I, I beg to differ. I think it'll be much lower. I think it'll be two seventy It'll play off. No, I, okay. Uh, Hard to disagree.
2: Uh, well, you, we, as Gil told us, he just come from a meeting, and they're like, "We love where the course is on Tuesday, but we're going to start dialing it up a little bit." Like the the, the forecast is perfect. Seven, you know, it's between seventy two and seventy five every day. It's quintessential L A. Yeah, and. The sun is out. It's been. They've had all this May haze and June gloom, but now the sun's out. So this place is gonna get crispy. Yeah. Um, I'm for your Augusta National comparison. Like, there's some wicked greens out there, and they have some really fun little shelves. And um, if if someone wins
0: this at 270, um, I will be shocked. Uh, And we should know it's breezy. And you know, when it gets sunny here, it gets breezy. Yeah. When they have that marine layer, it can be very still, and then you could kill it. But I would, I would amend that. Yes, very much. Weather dependent, and isn't this a joy? We've been talking about golf now for about six minutes—more <laughs> than six. Well, see, wow. I, I didn't—you know—I'm not one to use a lot of hair product. I went extra
2: light today, so the the viewers could see the wind. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's really they will tell you. Not yours doesn't doesn't quite work that way. No, <laughs> you're, you're more like I'm green wind dived. agnostic.
0: <laughs> wind agnostic, if that's a phrase. <laughs> yeah,
2: but um, anyway, yeah.
0: I know we have been talking about golf. It is it is pleasant. Um, it's it getting lost, actually, I know. Uh, and I mean, people have been saying this, and it is true. People who like tennis, you like tennis, and I like tennis. A lot of people like tennis. Nobody knows anything about professional tennis anymore, except for the four majors. Yeah, and golf could be heading that way, which I guess is good for the majors, but I don't know if that's if that's good for golf.
2: No, I, I mean, did you hear Brooks in his press conference today at the end? See you guys in Hartford next week. I mean, what, now interpret that for me. I really didn't know how to interpret that. Well, first, the first thing to you know is Brooks is an absolute troll at heart, so he could have just been been taking the piss, as they say, across the ocean that way. But um, I don't know. I mean, it, if all if the whole point of this is detente, and and that they're going to try to reunify the game, if you're the tournament director at Hartford. Do you want Brooks Kepka, the most dominant
0: player in golf? Hell yeah. So maybe they gave him a sponsor's exemption. Like, I don't There's know. There's no way. Maybe he's showing up as a spectator. He <laughs> can't even come to a players meeting. There's no way. It, I mean, there was no way a week ago, but I don't know. Things are moving very quickly. I mean, um, maybe, maybe someone paying him $2 million to show up at a cocktail party. It Could be. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I mean, he's definitely not in the field. That's crazy talk. <laughs> he's on the suspended list. How are they? Well, Whoa, was Monahan only kidding about that too? Well, the whole idea that they're gonna they're gonna hit these live guys
2: super hard with penalties and fines, and that's not really any way to unify the sport. Like retribution and vengeance is not a good start if you're trying to bring the game back together. So I think that was bluster. I think that was posturing. I think the reality is uh, that if you're trying to build a partnership between these different these warring tribes like that's not that's just not the way to do it i mean i i think monahan was trying to quiet his angry membership he was trying to put a little spin on it but when the rubber meets the road the tour needs these guys i mean they they just do i mean brooks is the most dominant player in golf all of a sudden um and do they want to scare him away what assuming that the lives live indoors which from all the talk you know dustin johnson saying that he heard that right from yasser like those guys are happy over there. They're making a lot of money. They're having fun with this team element. If they want to lure them back to the tour, they're actually going to have to try. Otherwise they'll just keep staying. They'll stay over there. Hmm. I mean, Brooks is happy with the majors, which he's, he's in now for, you know, that's not an issue as a champ, as a, the winner of the PGA championship. He doesn't even need world ranking
0: points. So Hartford needs Brooks more than Brooks needs Hartford. That's the bottom line. Well, that's definitely is the case. Yeah. I know you, you've been potting about this broad subject for a while. And of course you're writing a book about it. But I haven't heard you on this specific question. In the balance of power, when you've got Yasser as chairman and Jaymon as CEO and a board that, in theory, is controlled by tried and true people whom we know. Yeah. Players and American business people and that sort of thing. Yeah. Where do you think the balance of power really will lie in this for-profit side of things? With Monaghan and the board, or is Yasser going to get what Yasser wants? The latter,
2: I mean, all this talk about the board, the board, the board. The PGA Tour had a board. It had a player advisory council. It had a whole system of governance. And Yasser reshaped golf over cigars. (laughs) Like, I don't think you can put too much credence in the board, the board, the board. The board didn't even know this was coming. Right. I think that's the answer. Like, okay, there'll be another board, but um, the money is the power. Yasser has the money. Um, But I, I do think what's been lost in all this, it's not a merger between the PJ tour and live golf. It's, it's basically the, the PIF is becoming a sponsor of the tour.
0: That's yes. it. That's all. Yeah.
2: And I think live going to remain a going concern that's more or less separate from that. Um, Yasser will decide it's fate. If he wants to keep funding it and he sees a path to profitability, then he'll keep it going. If he thinks it's gonna be this albatross, then he can shut it down. But I don't think Jay Monahan will have any say in that, no matter what he's claiming publicly.
0: Yeah, and he's not shutting it down because this is a little toy for him. Why would would you shut down a little toy? And He loves golf, now he's hanging out with Dustin Johnson. Exactly. What could be better? And maybe they they have a way to make money now. If they
2: can use the tour distribution, all those platforms, if they have access now to all the tour sponsors, they've, they've already invested what $2 billion. So, um, why just lose that money without at least trying to get it back? You know, you could at most he'll lose another half billion, but maybe he'll, he, he, there's a path forward. So I, I would be, absolutely shocked and then not to mention we have the, all the antitrust concerns like if uh, if you have that if you have the department of justice you have various senators and other folks like up your ass
0: you can't just shut down a competitor like how, how's that gonna work right but do, doesn't tuesday's news just make the department of justice more suspicious of golf not it, less suspicious exactly i mean there's you know senator
2: blumenthal's already calling for investigations. so right um and you know, Monahan, he was a little overwhelmed by the moment. For him to to go on TV and say, "Yeah, we took a competitor off the board," that was the worst possible thing he could have said. Like, I guarantee you, that was not workshopped with Ed Hurley and other lawyers in his orbit. Yeah, like, it, that was a mistake.
0: It felt rushed.
2: It felt rushed, and and Jay would, did not rise to the moment. So, um, I don't think I don't think Live Golf is going anywhere. Everyone wants it to disappear. We're tour loyalists, and they they feel like you know it. That's become, that was part of the narrative, like, Liv sucks, it's never going to work. Now, now that the, the ground is shifted, it's like, okay, the new narrative is, oh, Liv's going to get shut down by Jay. Like, I don't think so. Why is Taylor Gooch not in this field, now <laughs> Well, partly because he didn't rise to the occasion and go through open qualifying like Sergio and others. Like, it was a really curious decision on his part. I mean, the guy's been playing great golf. He's ascendant. Um... You know, he said it was partly in protest and partly because it's a busy stretch. I mean, give me a break, Taylor. Like one day, one day. I mean, he did get jobbed by the by the USGA. You know, they, they had always exempted into the U.S. Open anyone who who qualified for the Tour Championship. Taylor Gooch made enough points during last year's FedEx Cup season to earn, earn a place in the Tour Championship, even though he left for Live. So then, the USGA changed the wording to say not only qualified but eligible. And obviously, he forfeited his eligibility when he went to Live. He's the only guy who was affected by that very arbitrary change in wording. Right. And, um, you know, that was a little window into the soul of Mike Wan and where he, where he stands on this whole divide because he sanctioned all that. And um, it was interesting. I, it doesn't, as Phil, of all people, pointed out, it doesn't serve the, the USGA well when you have a guy who's been playing at, at such a high level. Right. I mean, shoot 62-62 in any tournament in the world right. is impressive, You're let right. alone against a lot of major championship winners and Hall of Famers and Ryder Cupers on a course it has a legit pedigree. I mean, that course over in Singapore, it's hosted the Singapore open a bunch of times. The roll call of winners is really good. I mean, it's a legit golf course. So I don't know
0: how it benefits USGA to exclude him, but that was their choice. It's kind of a weird thing to be focusing on one missing player on the eve of a great championship, but it does feel a little wrong. Uh, and uh, you know, I'm, Yes, as you point out, he sure he could have, of course, played in 36 and qualifier if he yeah. wanted to, and, and he didn't. And um, he should
2: have. I mean, that was that was a mistake by him, but it was also, you know, he said it was partly in protest to like kind of bring attention to what the USGA did. And um, again, when you get into
0: these issues of antitrust and collusion, it doesn't look good. Yeah. So we're here. Do you think this means that we're never going to see a USO? Oh, pardon me as I'm asking this, but I do think I know the answer. <laughs> Tory Pines. Is not on is not on the list for anything, is it right now? Not yeah, PJ or or US Open, nothing. No, I, I mean, mean the the as you were saying, it's got the annual event. Maybe that puts it in a special category. But I thought those opens were special uh, at at Torrey. Well, we had two. We had two great winners. Yeah, two walk offs on the same second hole. Yeah, or the kind of, the, of kind yeah. of yeah.
2: Two amazing
0: putts on the same second hole. Yes, Tiger went on and to do two his two really really great um, players and and beautiful I mean, backdrops. People people
2: the architecture uh, wonks don't like Torrey pines. It's it's a somewhat rudimentary test. There's not a lot of imagination. I mean, every hole, excuse me, every hole has bunkers and every green is, I mean, bunkers in the fairway, every green is guarded by bunkers. Right. It just asks a very basic question like, can you execute the same shot over over. can you hit the fairy can you hit it on the green right it's slightly ponderous but right. it does sort of bring out the the most precise and the best golfer which was tiger woods and, and john roms so, right yeah and it certainly looks great on tv the san diego community has turned out but you know pebbles an anchor site i think this is gonna become an anchor site olympic is back in the mix after right. after they've re- redone it so right Something's got to give, and unfortunately, it's, it's probably Tory.
0: Yeah, but as you say, they still have their winter event, so it's yeah. not they're totally. No, it uh, feels they're right. Totally I mean, they're out been, of they've,
2: it. They've been playing the San Diego Open for decades and decades. They're yeah,
0: playing. it's an interesting time in major championship golf because I think the PJ, even though I was dubious about it first, going to May has been a great move for them. But after you saw the greatness of a course like Oak Hill, I don't know, maybe the stuff they're building in Frisco is great, but <laughs> yeah. It's hard to feel like, uh, feel excited about it. But I when you know. get there, oh, this is
2: spectacular. It looks cool. And that's also Gil Hantz, who also did an Olympic. Like, yeah, there was an open doctor, um, yep. you know, Reese Jones, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Trent Jones. Yeah. Robert and Trent son. Jones. Yeah. And and they kind of took it in a very penal, old, old school, smash mouth style. Yeah. You know, Gil's a different aesthetic and it's still tough but there's a lot more room to play there's a lot more imagination around the greens and obviously that we all prefer that so i think he's found the secret sauce so we'll see about frisco i I mean i've been it's a challenge for the pga of america to find venues that work and i think it's a mistake to go to the old u.s open venues because as you wrote in your excellent preview piece on firepitcollective.com the um you know oak hill felt like a u.s open right and so I like the USGA PG needs
0: its own field. It
2: needs something, and I think that's new courses. That's 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 taking it to really different spots. So maybe Frisco becomes that. I would love for them to go to Band of Dunes. I would I would love for them. That would be neat.
0: Be I mean, it would be neat if Chambers Bay could. Chambers Bay was spectacular, just wasn't quite there. Yeah, but it could get there. There's no reason why it couldn't. I know.
2: Well, I mean, and there was that period where the USGA tried it. They went to Chambers and they went to Aaron Hills. Aaron Hills never worked. Neither one think. was really an artistic success, although you had great winners. I mean, so the speed DJ shootout, those shots on the last hole at Chambers yeah. was amazing. I mean, that was the rise of Kepka at Aaron Hills. So like the courses produced, but they didn't feel like U.S. Open's. Like, I would they're, they're better suited for what the PGA should be. Something new, different, imaginative. I like the U.S. Open at the traditional courses. And even though this is a new venue. This is an old golf course. Yeah. I mean, it's George Thomas. It goes back to the 20s. Like, yeah. it's golden era, and um, so I think it's cool that that they've brought it back into the fold. I, I expect that this is going to be an incredible week, and that this they'll be back here again.
0: Has your uh, editor Jofi Ferrari Adler at Avid Reader Presses? He read uh, the first draft or the uh, the pr- submitted book at this point. He has. Yeah. How's that going for you?
2: Well, jo- Jofi, who's a, a friend and a colleague for both of ours, the um, colleague's not the right word. What is it? He's like our overlord. He's our, our mentor. He's our big brother. He's our, our school principal. He's <laughs> all of those things <laughs> ed- and more. And more. The editor fills a lot of roles. He loved it. I mean, he sent me this super flowery. And he's like, I'd put this up against anything Bob Woodward ever done for real-time reporting. And Wow. It was awesome. And um, and yeah, so there's... You know, I I probably ate in the confusion when I, my tweet, the, when all the news broke, I, I had turned the book in Sunday night, like two in the morning, Monday, like I slept in, I took a bath, I took a nap. I've never felt so relaxed and happy in my life. And then Tuesday morning, the world was on fire. But when you turn in a book, it's not the end of the process. It's the beginning of a whole new process. Right. Um, there's your, your the editor gets the first pass they have some big picture things you you can incorporate or you ignore or you fight about and then it goes to the copy editor who's like the world's most uptight you know english teacher anyone's ever had right. and they fuss over every comma right there's a legal review like all that takes six to eight weeks at least right and the book comes back to you and you can keep massaging it so i was always going to update it probably through the british open and if there was a adjudication of the world ranking and all this stuff. So I have time and I'm, I'm reporting the story. I'm feverishly reworking the last chapters, adding new material, going through and massaging passages, amplifying things that we now know are turned out to be more significant than we we, wow. we we thought. And so it's cool that people said, a few people had said to me, you know, well, why put the book out now? We don't know how the story ends. Right. Um, you, you know, and I was like, well, we don't exactly know the ending but we just we just a, a huge plot twist has been revealed yes. and and it's cool so the, the whole thing is in one tidy package and um if this news had broken in, in a month or two months Oof. from now i would have been crushed because the yeah. books that say two months the books at the printers there's no right. getting it back right and would have felt dated so now it's right. gonna be up to the minute and actually um our jofie and our friends are are having meetings like right now about moving the release date up oh, wow. two or three weeks, which is a lot. On Bring it to what early, early to mid October instead of Halloween. Um, just, just to ride this wave and uh-huh. and it's all anyone's talking about. So why not? So yeah, uh, I'm I'm game. I mean, it, this is an intense week for me because I'm, I'm I have to get all the changes done and oh. we're here covering the national championship. But um,
0: it's all good. I mean, I'll sleep, I have a I'll shocker for you, Alan. Yes, I think that book. Is more even-handed than you might realize. <laughs> that was my intention. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to ask you that. Like in your mind, do you think it sort of bends over backwards to let the live story be told? Because the PGA Tour has been sold by a very powerful PR machine yes. for decades. Yes. Yes. And the live people are new to it, and they don't have a powerful PR machine that's been around for decades. So you might have thought, oh, it's incumbent upon me to show this other story. But I read it is a very balanced piece of reporting. Well, thank you. That was my intention.
2: I mean, I, I'd i say my idea of balance is to be critical of both sides mm-hmm. and to celebra- celebrate both sides when they do something right. Um, and and that was, you know, I kinda, I think it swings back and forth where passages feel pro-live, passages feel pro-tour, passages are super critical of, of one person or one entity, and it just toggles back and forth. So I, it wasn't, it's like a double dog. Like, I'm not, I'm, it's not a dead straight hole where I'm just trying to hit it straight every time. Like I'm really, I'm, I'm trying to tack both directions. And that, that's, anyone who plays golf knows it's more interesting that way. So, sure. um, but I appreciate that. And that was always my intention. I, um, it's It's been interesting in, you know, the stories that I've, I've typed and the podcasts we've done since the, the news broke a week ago. Um, some people have been, they've they detected, oh, you're suddenly pro-live. It's like, well, it's more like Monhan's out there talking, Jimmy Dunn's out there talking. Um, it all happened at a tour event. All the tour guys are talking, Rory's talking. You know, Liv didn't have this platform. Like, and the only guy who's not talking is Yasser, cause he doesn't have to talk. His money's loud enough. Right. And uh, so I felt like, well then I was advocating for Liv's point of view, I was explaining it and I was trying to help. My role in this is to help people make sense of all this because so much has happened in the shadows. It's been so secretive. Um, and it's, it's so complex and nuanced. And so I feel like I'm a tour guide through this, this, this maze in some ways. And so I've been interested there. It's like, Oh, you're pro live. It's like, no, but I have been talking to live people for a year and I, I can get them on the phone and I understand where they're coming from. But I was also talking to tour executives, tour players, tour agents. Like i really just tried to, to explain what's happening, but, um, there's been, there was so much coming out. It's like if you're listening to to headphones, you know, and on one ear has got the tour, and the other year got live. the 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 side coming bringing the the tour spin was a hell of a lot louder, and I right. feel like the
0: whole debate needs more balance. Right, right. What is your personal feelings about Yes, here? You've met him at least on one occasion, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. We had a quick chat. Um, actually, at Bed Minister, he's um, and uh, I've talked to a lot of people about him. He's a very measured. He's very careful. Very soft spoken, um, and impressive in the energy he projects. He's not—he's not a Greg Norman, who's who's loud and abrasive. He's not even a Jay Monahan, you know, this hockey kid from Boston with the chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he feels like a diplomat. He dresses like a diplomat, mm-hmm. you know. He, um, I'm sure all the stuff is made on on a Seville Row, and right. he um he carries himself like that. It's right. impressive, and. I thought even that interview he did with Monahan was interesting because he was very deferential yeah. to Jay. He took
0: the back seat literally.
2: Yeah, he let Jay do most of the talking. There was no gloating. There was no victory lap. Yeah, there was no sense that I just bought you. Um, yeah. And you know, if you'd put Norman on that stage, it would have been very different. True. And there's a reason why 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 Yasser has become the guy because he always was behind the scenes. I mean, he's always been the shot caller. This has been his baby. He's nurtured it. He's been. He's micromanaged it. He's refereed every dispute. Like he's been more involved than anyone really understands. Um, but I, I thought it was impressive the way. And as we talked about a minute ago, he's dropped out of sight. He's not out there chirping, right? You know, like we, you know, Jimmy Dunn. Well, we all, everyone in the golf world knows Jimmy Dunn, and he's an impressive individual. But like for him to go on the on the golf channel and talk about like killing nine eleven dudes with his bare hands, like that was sort of wildly inappropriate. And he, they obviously he's gone underground since then, like no one's heard a peep really from Jimmy Dunn since mm-hmm. that, like, you know, Yasser would never make that mistake. He's never right. going to get caught up in the moment. Like he's, right. he's just a very careful, uh, he parcels out every word very judiciously. And so he's the right guy for this moment. Like cooler heads needed to prevail. Um, it's not Jimmy Dunn. It's probably not Jay Mohan. It's definitely not Greg Norman, but it
0: certainly is him. Uh, what do you think his relationship with uh, MBS is like? Well, they're close friends and confidants. Like, you know, he, he's... Do
2: you it, think you can get him on the phone anytime he wants him? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, it, to, run, to run the public investment fund makes you one of the most powerful people in the world. To run Aramco, which is the most profitable corporation on the planet, makes you one of the most powerful people in the world when the same guy does both like that's yeah. absolute power There's a
0: multiplier effect there yeah. that's incalculable actually. yeah
2: i mean i don't know what's your top five it's it's probably biden it might it might be uh putin i mean i, I you, probably mbs is there in yasser like i don't know it's, like yeah. that, it, that's it like th- those are the people who are moving the, all the the pieces on the chessboard and um so yeah he's the fact that he loves golf so much is a big deal because and there's a funny quote in the book from Keith Pelly. Like he said, he said, if, if Yasser was a volleyball guy, they'd be building volleyball arenas and huh. creating volleyball super leagues uh-huh. and trying to host volleyball world championships. Uh-huh. It's like a great blessing to every stakeholder that he loves golf so much.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, all right, let's, let's get back to the golf course here for a second Yeah, as it relates to live. Phil top 10, no top 10 this week. I mean, these are the grasses he grew up on. This is, he's a Southern California guy.
2: Um, I mean, <laughs> that's a tough one. I, w- I would, if I had, if it's binary like that, I'll say top 10 because there's, he's, that energy he had on Sunday at Augusta, it was like he got his life back. He got his mojo back. All of a sudden he was Phil Mickelson again. That's powerful. And um, this is his chance to do it all over again. It, I think this is going to be much more of a short game test than a, a traditional U.S. Open. Uh-huh. Um, you know, some it's these. It's going to be it's going to be fun to watch Phil out here. I, I think I think he wants it so bad. Like you talk about who who's walks in the gate here, dying to win this tournament. Some guys are just hoping to play well. Right. Some are already already choking in the parking lot, like right. Johnny Miller used to say. Right. Phil is here to win this, mofo. Yeah. He wants it so bad, so. Um, we'll see if his game shows up. But I, if I I would say top 10. What about you?
0: Well, if he top 10s, he can contend. Yeah. You know, uh, if there. you really want to go crazy about it, uh, it is most likely his last best chance to become one of the guys who's won the career Grand Slam. Yeah. I don't think you've got to drive it very straight here. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, you maybe have to put irons in play here yeah. uh, if it's breezy like this and the fairways are fast I don't think guys are going to hit a lot of driver and he's still, he pitches the ball great and he sometimes can putt well yeah. it wouldn't shock me to see him contend at all actually based no. on how well he played at Augusta National
2: I mean I we you can debate a lot of things about how the landscape has changed but Phil was right like he called all this stuff a long time ago. He's advocated for it. Yeah. And sing, uh,
0: yo. What's up, Paul? Get in here. Come on in here. We need professional help. Paul in, Azinger. In a tie. My, con- my exact <laughs> contemporary. Why he looks 10 years younger than I, good, I do not know. My man, how are you? How are you, man? you can see it.
3: you.
0: Guys. Have you played this course much over the years?
3: Yeah, I know the course uh, reasonably well. It's a real tricky course, you know, and. Um, a couple players think that uh, there are going to be some complaining. Probably Good. play slow. Good. the yeah, U.S. Open. Well, no uh, look, you know, the USGA, they, they set it up for themselves. They want to set it up <laughs> the way they want to do it, and they'll do it. They're not – trying to make the I hope they don't try to make the players happy because that wouldn't be right that wouldn't be them it wouldn't be them so uh it's it's I'm really looking forward to it there's going to be a lot of decisions that need to be made off the tee I feel like and uh you know I was just out there on number six it's a real tricky hole you know you can go for it it's a short hole and uh, I watched John Wood on Golf Channel this morning do a nice about a six minute segment on that hole Smart. and how to play the hole well, I got out there this afternoon and, and three caddies were out there. Uh, Tom Kim's caddy, Joey was out there, and Homer's caddy was out there, and Xander Shoffley's caddy. And they were on the cell phone, and one was on the tee, the other was down there by the green, and they were throwing up bottles and trying to see each other on the line and all this <laughs> stuff. And this is how hard they work to get right. ready for what they're trying to do today, or this week. Um, and they were really trying to figure out how to play that hole. This is a strategic course. Um, the local caddies could probably tell these guys. They should hire a local caddy, I feel like, and let them go around with the players. That, that would be wise. I don't know if anybody's thought about it. Yeah, I do not
0: think you're going to see guys hit a lot of driver. If it stays dry like this, if the sun stays out, the bake's out, why would you hit driver here?
3: Um, I don't know that they have to hit driver, but it feels wide to them. You know, it, The fairways aren't as wide as they look maybe, but yeah. it feels wide to them. Yeah. Um, they may hit driver. I've heard everything from – you know, they're going to hit every club in the bag, I feel like. Yeah. You know, I talked to Gil Hans the other day on the phone, uh, Dan Hicks and I, with Gil Capps, uh, he put the call together, and yeah. we got a real inside scoop on how Gil Hans wants this course to be and how he wants it to play. And, uh, you know, the goal is, you know, again, it's like the USGA mantra, not to embarrass these guys, but to really identify them, who's the best. And it's the kind of property that can do it. George Thomas is... Gil Hance's favorite architect, yeah. you know, and uh, it's a masterpiece, you know. But a couple guys, I think, might explode and get all irritated about it. Yep. Good, good, good. Well,
0: when you're in L.A., how often do you get mistaken for Dennis Quaid?
3: Um, never yet. <laughs> That's <laughs> a
0: compliment. That it? is a oh, comment. Now, of course, when I ask Nick Faldo how often he gets mistaken for Harrison Ford, he says, oh, all the time.
3: Oh, of course he would say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. Well, I could see it.
0: What was your best U.S. Open finish?
3: Well, let's see. I probably Baltusrol. I had really some nice chances. Um, I lost by three at Brookline when Curtis won. Mm-hmm. I had a couple. Your Jansen won. I had a really good chance. Um, I had a couple three chances, yeah. uh, but yeah. it just didn't happen for me. You know, it was one of those things. Usually, putting was always my issue. Yeah. Well, do, we would we do you think did you think 80's a good score this week? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's a good score. It's a great score, actually. It's a great score. 280 is probably going to be a winner. Well, that's what Shipnick says. Is that 4-under? Oh, is it 4-under? It's 4-under.
0: Oh, I was saying it was a 70.
3: You never know. Like, right now, we have, you know, we had fog all morning, you know, that marine layer, and it was kind of brisk. It was a little bit breezy and cold, and then it burned off and got slick didn't it. Yeah. And now look at it; it's yeah, cooking. It's weird. a it's this is a sea breeze, a standard sea breeze. I think the guys are going to be out here playing in this. You know, it won't be easy. I, yeah. We'll be on. We'll be covering it all too on NBC. Yeah. <laughs> Do you but know, what, what, <laughs> what, what's you, your
0: attitude about handling live guys versus PJ Tour guys?
3: Oh, on the broadcast, uh, I, that's not my call. I mean, the producers are going to show the shots that need to be shown. That Tommy Roy and Tommy Randolph and the director Joey are going to get it right there there won't be any favoritism from those guys i don't think
2: will you address the whole changing landscape of professional golf on the telecast i hope
3: not (laughs) um none of us know enough but i just know i feel like the players need some representation you know
2: like a union
3: i'm not saying that but you know they need somebody that you know obviously they're out of the loop (laughs)
2: when when the when the tour players association stuff was going on back with um with larry rinker and mark brooks and and those guys what was your stance on that that was a a quasi union back in the day yeah
3: i i heard what they were saying but i didn't think it was
2: all that necessary at the time you didn't pay your thousand dollar dues and join it
3: no i didn't join (laughs) 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 you know i was against what greg was trying to do and uh Back in the 90s, Arnold, you know, everybody, whatever, Arnold, you know, and Jack were all about. That's kind of what we were all about. But this is just such a shock, I think, to all of our systems. We don't even know what's, we don't know what's coming. You know, you don't know what's coming. I don't know what's coming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Alan, and I were saying earlier, and I'd like to hear your take on it, but all the chaos in golf right now, it only makes the majors more major.
3: You know, I look at it like this. What an interesting time to be in the sport of golf. I mean, we don't even realize it, but we're on a heck of a run, guys. I mean, <laughs> oh, we really are. Yeah. We're getting to watch it all. You know, we, all of us got to watch Tiger, and we got to, you know, I got to play. We're, But you have different runs. I think we all go through like 10-year runs. At least I do. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like I do. Yeah. But I'm on a good run right now. I'm, I'm uh, you know, pretty happy to be in the game of golf and covering it. It's pretty exciting. Because nobody knows what's happening, we don't know what's going on. It's, it's. I just, I really feel. I wish the players would get somebody to represent them in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. Other but, than Jay, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I hear you loud and clear,
0: <laughs> Paul. Great for you to stop with us. We appreciate it. You have right. yourself a great week. Yeah. Without Roger, I don't know who handles the wine decisions at dinner.
3: Roger was here today. Oh, was, it was great to see him. It was yeah. great to see him. I wish uh, that Roger was still working and Gary mm-hmm. too, because we love him. Yeah. Um, but times, everything changes. John, John's going to
0: be in the house tomorrow.
2: Oh, no.
0: He doesn't change. No, Paul does not change. Timeless. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: yeah. 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 See? Pleasure. <laughs> you
0: guys. Yeah. Good you, big guy. Thanks, Paul <laughs> um,
2: so
0: Yeah. The hell, who the hell was that? It,
2: by
0: the
2: way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the yeah for no, you. He's 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 holding a um he's
0: he's holding a yardage guide. Oh, um, yeah. Paul is now. You and I don't watch a lot of golf on Yeah <laughs> But we'll I know say that, that or don't tell I, people I that. I know that are, well, we're here watching it. I oh, mean, you we're, we're in, in person, yes, right. yes. Hi, guys. But honest to God, people go crazy about their golf announcers. I know. Now, Paul Eisinger, first off, he's super knowledgeable about golf. Yes. He sees a shot and he describes it. Why do people have such polarizing feelings about Paul Azinger?
2: There's this weird element of golf Twitter that they're obsessed with commenting on TV. Like, there's an easy solution. I mostly have it on mute.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, <laughs> um, like, even Nick, Fal- Nick Faldo, he knows a lot about golf, a lot more than you and I. And he described shots very, very well. I actually prefer Paul. Johnny Miller, well, he was outstanding. I mean... We've had a lot of good golf broadcasters uh, o- over the years. It's it's such a it's such an intimate thing. They're in your living room with you.
2: You know, like you, it's it's like they're they're a guest twenty weekends a year, and they, they follow you into the bathroom. they maybe while you're
0: eating a meal. You know, it's like a real relationship you have with these people. And so I generally you know. like them. Like Mckay, I've said this to Mckay many times. Mckay's thing was like he knows a lot about golf. He'd see the ball in the lie and tell you what the guy could do out of that lie well if you talk to Tom Watson he says the lie tells you everything the lie dictates the shot including the lie when the ball's sitting on a tee and what the wind's doing and everything else but golf's a thinking person's game and I just think it's neat that we've got so many former players who are well spoken you know Phil Uh, for the 20 minutes that he did it was brilliant well this is an underrated aspect Phil's back baby like
2: all the things that it looked like he gave up that were taken away he could be in the tower oh he can be an honorary start at the masters uh-huh. he can be a writer cup captain uh-huh. like if the game is going to get put back together and reunified yeah like all the things that we thought phil had had given up like they're attainable again and phil in the in the cbs tower would be spectacular and so you know that was gonna probably gonna happen it was it was it was a
0: lost opportunity and now he's back in the mix. Wait, that's interesting. I mean right now he's still such a polarizing figure, but he could yeah. he could potentially but get there. We've seen bigger reclamation projects. Yeah, Bill. Clinton. Bill- <laughs> you beat me to <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Well,
2: I mean, polarizing is good. Like that's if if you're in the entertainment business, I that's I mean that's why Stephen A Smith works. That's why uh, you know, skip what's his name? Bayless works. Like, yeah, polarizing is the name of the game. Like, why wouldn't you have Phil in there? He would he would be so entertaining. Some people would hate it, but it would they would
0: always be talking about it. And yeah. If your I job is to create buzz, like why not? But people sometimes say to me, What's Alan like? You know Alan. What is Alan really like? <laughs> what is your answer? He, said he has a very unusual personality defect that he works to his advantage. He does not care if people are pissed off at him.
2: <laughs> I mean, Yes and no. I, I I do sort of. I enjoy the banter. I kind of enjoy the shrapnel. But I'm not human. You know, like you bleed. I, yeah, I know. Are we quoting Shakespeare? Um, <laughs> but uh, I mean, my 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 compact is with the reader, right? Like that. That's my ultimate. Well, so
0: we're the same. Cl- so yes.
2: I'm willing to put it out there. And yeah, I get chirped at. People, you know, Justin Thomas trolls me on Instagram, but. If 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 you if that's gonna inhibit you from um, from saying what you believe or reporting like something like that, that you believe is is really insightful, then you're a pussy and she got out of the business. Like yeah. that's the equivalent of a guy who's got, you know, two forty over water into the wind on the same second hole. Is he gonna try to win the tournament or is he trying to protect second place? Like you know, yep. Either you go for it, or you don't, and so
0: unless uh, you're David Toms yeah. Well, then you lay up, pitch, pitch it beautifully, make the putt, and win. <laughs> Does, okay. That's a very ex- <laughs> excellent rebuttal. But,
2: but
0: <laughs> well, there's more than one way to make four.
2: There's more than one way to make four. The point is, like, is yeah. Jake
0: distracted by something?
2: Yeah, he's he's checking out the girl in the green dress. I mean, Jake, clean it up, man. Um, I will say, have you noticed how much attention we're getting just by holding these microphones? Like we should definitely do this down in like Abbot Kinney or a a place where the, where the beautiful people are and pass out business cards. Like it would be, it'd make the week
0: a lot more interesting, especially for me. Well said. Uh, it's been interesting to see how your profile has grown in the past year. I mean, what's it like for you now? But Phil, the book came out and suddenly your profile changed with it. And I noticed it last year at the U.S. Open, and and even here uh, today. What's that been like for you? Yeah, I'm mean, just—it's it's fun, you know. Whatever. It, I, I will. tell The thing that that made my
2: my brain melt was I took the train down from um, Boston last year during the U.S. Open into New York City to have um, a celebratory lunch with my editor and um, and my agent because you know the book was on the bestseller list and all that and. And then afterwards I was walking in the East Village And I was crossing the street Like I was dressed To go
0: out in New York City I was And not, East Village Is not Golf Central it's not,
2: No, it's not the Upper East Side and um, or, West, or Westchester Yeah, exactly And it wasn't like I was wearing like Four different golf logos Right And I was walking across the street And some dude's like Hey, are you Alan Shipnick?" I was like, yeah He's like, I love the book Like that was that was weird. Yeah, that was weird. It's one thing we're standing next to the tenth fairway here, right, at the U.S. Open. People are gonna recognize members of the golf media, but when you're out of context, I was eating pizza in the Chicago airport. Weird things like that. It's, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I mean, we're we have public facing
0: uh, lives, so. Well, I think Jake probably wants to uh, wrap this up, but how do you feel about it, Alan? Would you like to keep going? Would you like the I, listener to... No, I mean, should we release the listener? <laughs> <laughs> You're stealing my lines. You can't win the U.S. Open on Tuesday,
2: but you can definitely lose your audience if the pod goes too long. <laughs> so yeah, yeah we will, we'll, let the, we'll let our people go. But um, uh, it's always fun, Michael. And we'll, I think the plan is we're going to do one on Friday Great. evening. The halfway Super. mark. We'll yes. certainly do it Sunday. Yes, uh, when we have a winner, and
0: we can look. And forward we will to that. have a winner on Sunday because, as all know, as all God know, way. there are no playoffs anymore in the major yeah. championships. Well, excuse me, no eighteen-hole Monday yeah. playoffs. Can we? How lame is two holes? Like, either be Terrible. sudden death
2: or be four holes. Two holes is like is this weird, a like joke. splitting the baby? Like, yeah. come on, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It, it is cool, though. I, I haven't seen the, the closing TV window, but you know they're going to push it deep on Sunday because then you get the primetime East Coast audience. Like, I love the idea that the U.S. It Open is. is live and being decided, and people are watching it in the dark. I don't know why that's so cool to me, but it, it is, kind of it cool. is. Yeah. in the
0: United States. We're not talking about in England. Right, right. right. Um, Jake, about do, you know the, that, do you know that there was once a 36-hole playoff for the U.S. Open back in the day?
2: That's Macho. That's, that's old-school U.S.J. Yeah. <laughs> They've gotten two kinds. Yeah. It's just patchy, rough. Yeah. Two
0: whole playoffs. I was a little surprised by Zing because I I thought he'd be more aligned with the PJ with the USGA as your you know your fierce father, and it was no. But all the but
2: players, they, they, the, they, 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 players are the players the players, yeah, they, they resent the USGA. They feel like one week a year, these blue coats and these bureaucrats like dictate to them how to play the game, and, they, and half the time they screw it up. Like the the anti pj sentiment runs really deep among the players and and it's only it's only becoming more exaggerated with all the course screw ups the last well, 10 years i think you
0: unwillfully misspoke you said the anti pj tour but you you were oh, lo- you were looking and, for anti usga no, i think Ma- you're right you right. but bad. it works both ways it works. right now it, it, yeah it's yeah in this weird intersection of uh, what interest. is tiger thinking right now as he's listening to this podcast and tiger you've got myself call if you wish but
2: <laughs> we'll patch him in
0: um He's So this was interesting. No,
2: I can't say it. I'll spoil something that's good in the book. But, yeah, Tiger is um, He's a little miffed. He's a little befuddled because one thing Tiger's not used to is being on the outside looking in. And he got kind of hoodwinked like like a lot of people in this whole deal. And, yeah, that's true. And he put himself out there and took a strong stance in favor of yep. Yep. He didn't really go down the moralistic route because he kind of probably in, intuitively knew that was a mistake tactically. Yeah. he But he went down the route of, you know, it's not real competition. It's not a meritocracy. It's not golf at the highest level. But... Look at what's happening with the elevated events. No cut, like the tour product was beginning to converge with the live product anyway. Like Tiger yeah. had kind of lost the the argument as it was. So yeah.
0: he's probably a little disenchanted. Yeah, it's going to be kind of weird for him not to be the most powerful person in golf anymore. Because if he were, his tournament would be at least 120 players with a cut. Yeah, um,
2: it's still. I mean, both, it's interesting that both him and Jack are now advocating publicly for a cut, even if they go from like 80 to 60. You know, which is kind of silly, but just. Um, yeah that's still everything's up for grabs now whatever we thought was gonna happen nobody knows like the elevated events could get completely reconfigured the all it's all it's all up in the air now so we'll, we'll see how that plays out i mean um
0: all right Alan, get us to our order of course
2: yeah okay thank you um i love when michael gets hangry it's good for the listeners all right This is the 10th Fairway of Los Angeles Country Club. That's Michael Bamberger. I'm Alan Schiffnuck. Thanks for listening to this Fire Drill podcast. We'll be back in your ear on Friday and on Sunday and uh, typing in between. So uh, thanks for listening. That's the end.
1: I bet big and I played to win Made a fortune when my ship came in I ran the table, never thought I could fall then the wintertime hit me like a cannonball And now I can't shake this losing streak Every road I take is a dead-end streak I got thoughts in my head, can't get them out Trying not to think what I'm thinking about I got thoughts in my head, can't get them out
3: Trying
1: not to think what I'm thinking about